the American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back. That's right. We must take America back. That's why we do this. That's why we're here broadcasting from my home studio in downtown Belfont, Pennsylvania. Worldwide, as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network and Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 5 Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and any place else you hear or see the show. That's right. This is a radio show, but you can also watch the video if you want to. I don't know. Uh, tonight, we have uh, two hours of common sense and constitutional discussion. With me, your host, Peter Seraphine, and the lovely and talented Dr. Jen Vandewater. The People's Pharmacist is going to be joining us right here off the top. Remember, this is a live call-in show, so feel free to call in with your questions, comments, concerns, criticisms to 512-248-8252. And if you don't want to have your voice on here, but you still have a comment you'd like to make, you can text me at 64MyRights. That's 646-974-4487. Good evening, Dr. Vandewater. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Peter. How's it going? Super fantabulous. So we spoke a little bit yesterday. I told you that I've been a little down in the dumps, a little blah, a little, well, depressed. Felt like a worthless piece of crap for a couple of days. And you say that it's um, it's it's becoming more common that that happens. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was funny that you had mentioned to me that you were feeling that way. And I had told you that someone I know on uh, Facebook had actually been posting messages that were not uh, her usual self. And I quickly uh, realized that something was going on with her. So I, I reached out to her right away and she was feeling a little depressed. And then even myself, I had been going through, you know, just feeling this heaviness, this weight, and uh, a person who's pretty much can bounce back from things and usually can see the bright side and stay positive and remain hopeful. And even I was feeling a bit, I'll put it under attack, you know, <laughs> like something just didn't seem right. And so when you had mentioned it, I I said, you know, I'm going to reach out to another uh, colleague of mine, another doctor I know. And I reached out to her and she said, you know what? She said, yep, uh, that you're, you are not the only one. The people you know are not the only one. She herself was was suffering um, some you know, anxiety and depression as well and knows of other people who are usually pretty upbeat and positive going through the same. So it was definitely for me kind of like, okay, well then what's going on? And that's when I called you because I was like, I've got to now talk to Peter because this is more than just you know, a coincidence or people feeling certain things. It had me thinking about some rabbit holes and some conspiracies I had been down to say, hmm, I wonder if there's more to this than than we're aware of. Well, over in the uh, YouTube, I think, chat room, somebody watching the YouTube video says, it's that time of year. So there is that. There's the, the mm-hmm. seasonal affective disorder, people that, that start to get depressed because there's not enough sunlight. 
and then there's people like me. I, I tend to get depressed around the holidays because, quite frankly, um, my kids hate me. So, you know, it is that. But but this one was different. Like, for one, it hit me instantly. I, I can pinpoint the exact moment when all of a sudden I was was terribly depressed. And like I told you on the phone yesterday, I have a fam- fabulous life. I am in the best financial situation I have ever been in. I have a, a beautiful woman at home that loves me. We have a big, beautiful house together. We've got cats and dog, cats and a dog. I've got a wonderful life and I can TikTok, you know, if I do the pros and cons list, the pros list is way longer than the cons list. And I can usually rationalize away whenever I do feel blue. Cause we all have that, you know, occasionally. We just don't feel up to snuff. And, you know, you, you, you stop, you take an inventory, and that's usually enough to, to make it go away for me. But it wasn't, it wasn't working. And, and I didn't tell you this yet, but uh, I finally broke down, and, and I resor- resorted to a pharmaceutical yesterday. One dose of one pharmaceutical, and I'm fixed. I feel, I feel much better today. That and you know, glass of wine. Yeah, yeah, that's what I should have had tonight. I've got water. I should have had some wine. <laughs> I won a bottle at an event recently, so I should have I should have opened it. <laughs> um, but you know, um, I do agree that it's a time of year. We are changing seasons. We are losing sunlight. Um, but like you said, there's the typical like I definitely get bummed when it's fall because I know it's the end of my summer season, and I love my summer season. I love long days. I love warmer temperatures. I do not like what I know is coming and it's a bad word. Um, <laughs> yep, it starts with an S and ends with a W. <laughs> so um, I definitely will say that I can understand that thinking is the time of year. But what had me thinking when I had talked to you and talked to my, my colleague and um, the other girl that had encountered the same my mind, like I said, went down some of those rabbit holes and those rabbit holes relate to frequencies. So I'm sure a lot of your audience is well aware that music was changed from a uh, good frequency. Um, and, and this is probably, I want to say the forties, fifties or sixties. I can't remember the exact year, but I remember researching this and it, everyone now tunes their instruments to 440. Now I'm not a musician. There's something about one of the like a chord or the a whatever and you tune that to 440 and everything falls in line so 440 though is not of the i'm sure tesla the 369 369s all healing all the 369 you take 440 add up those numbers doesn't add up to a three a six or a nine and doesn't divide out 440 adds up to eight not that eight's a bad number but there's something in with frequencies now again i'm not an expert in this i've just listened to some stuff on this and thought, well, this could be a valid point because there are times I put certain music on and it's like, oh gosh, get it off. It sounds awful. I can't listen to this. And there are other times other music just sounds very soothing and very calming and I enjoy listening to it. But tuning instruments now to a frequency that is not healing makes you wonder, you know, what's what's going on there. And I know they were changing it to 432 or changing it from 432 and even 444, which are better, better frequencies. And 432 is actually nature. It's actually the sound of birds and the sound of crickets and, 
you know, being outside um, peepers, you know, listening to outside nature. And that's very healing and very therapeutic. But to think that maybe something has occurred that we cannot audibly hear, but it's affecting how we feel and sense things around us. Is it enhancing um, a negative emotion, a negative feeling inside of us, being that the frequency change? I, I don't know. Probably we had those emergency alert system tests that took place. Very possible. Ooh, I didn't even right? think of that that and there were i heard from a girl yesterday there were two there was one on october 4th and one on october 11th so it's like well did that cause something i i don't know these are just questions that i'm having and like i said to you yesterday i love just posing the questions i don't have answers but when i start seeing common you know things happening there's a common denominator i'm like okay what's going on here what's taking place that makes me start to dive a little deeper into the questions doesn't mean I get the answers, but it just makes me think something else is going on here, something bigger. Um, and I'm sorry for you, because I know when I talked to you yesterday, you did not want to resort to the pharmaceutical. You no. were like, I don't, I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to take that. You said, I know it, it's there, but that just shows you the pressure that we're under and what, what and who is causing that because it's, I just can't attribute it to it's, it's a normal thing. There's something else going on, I feel. And in a spiritual world that's around us, right? We cannot see it with our eyes, but we can sense it. You notice it. It's the same feeling if you meet someone, you right away know whether you like that person or you don't. And you're like, that's, there's an energy. There's something that's being exchanged. So what's happening in the spiritual world around us that's causing us to react with these emotions and you know anxiety and depression to a, a higher level that we maybe have not encountered before? Yeah, I, I definitely don't know what it is, but it, it, it was different this time than it usually is. It, it came on quite suddenly. And, um, well, um, it just felt different. I, I don't know how else to say it, but happy to say that I'm, I'm through it for now. I, I, I feel a lot better, but there is something different. And I, being a live call-in show... There are, there's got to be somebody out there listening who understands the whole freak, frequency resonance. Wow. Resonation. Uh, that's a word I have a problem with, apparently. I've never never realized that. Fre frequency resonance. Uh, if you want to call in and educate us, we'd appreciate it. 512-248-8252. I know there's another host here on Republic Broadcasting Network uh, during the week who has a, an energy cleaner product that he manufactures and sells. And it is uh, an electro basically envelops you or your plants or whatever you use it on um, in, in an electromagnetic field, a, a positive electromagnetic field. So I think the whole energy, the vibe, I mean, it's definitely real. I'm, I'm not a, touchy feely you know uh crystals fix the world kind of person I, i'm just not but you're absolutely right in that you can tell pretty quickly whether or not you like someone and you you, you get that instinctive feeling about them so there, there has to be something to it there's no other explanation yeah and it's even in in like a situation like you know not to walk into something sometimes or you can feel and sense things 
around uh, situations or at events and you're like, oh, I'm going to stay away from over there. Well, why? What is your what are you perceiving? You know, what is it that you're 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 getting at? And, you know, with the, the battle that's taken place today and, and it is a spiritual battle, you know, everything we're fighting right now, things that are being revealed as more truths are coming out. You know, it, it, there's something taking place in the spiritual that we just cannot see and maybe we're sensing it. And I, I do believe strongly, and it is biblical, that our prayers, when we, you know, are coming to, to God and saying, you know, there's stuff going on, I'm bringing this to you, we then send up through the spiritual world the energy to our warrior angels to fight in that demonic realm, to fight and say, we've got it, We our people are are cheering for us almost, you know, we're going to go and we're going to go out there and do that. Well, there's been a lot of chaos. There's been a lot of hurt. There's been a lot of tragedy and it's, it's ramping up. I mean, as those, you know, what kind of rolled on out, there's been a lot of, a lot of negative. And is that giving power to something on the darker side in the spiritual realm. And then we're feeling that sense of it. And maybe it's also a wake up call to us to start praying again and lifting up, you know, um, our loved ones, lifting up our nation, lifting up the world. I mean, it, I, I just feel like there's something more to it that I can't even really articulate and get it out because it's so spiritual. I can't find the right words to say it, but hopefully it's, it's making some sense. I, I do think that there's something out there and, Anything that's a, a call for more prayer is is a good thing. Um, I'm not a terribly religious person. I rarely pray myself. But even somebody who like me, you look at any of the research, you know, prayer is helpful. If if nothing else, it is helpful to the person saying the prayer. Like even if they don't really even have a belief in a higher power or or you know God Almighty or however whatever. Just the act of prayer is good for you as a person. So, yeah, I don't know why you would deny that. I don't. I don't think you can deny that, regardless of your personal well-being or situation. But I would like to uh, take a, just a second to talk about one of my favorite sponsors, and that's Right to Bear Insurance. We've seen the news, saw some ugly stuff going on the last couple of days involving guns. If you are a gun owner, if a lawful gun owner, you carry your firearm either way, whether you carry it or don't. You need right to bear insurance. Everybody who owns a firearm should have carry insurance, and right to bear is the most affordable and, in my opinion, best carry insurance on the market. I was a member of right to bear before they became a sponsor. I, I, I believe in their product and I would be telling you about it even if I didn't make a dollar when you click the link. Go to protectwithbear.com and use code lighthouse to save 10% off of your already most affordable carry insurance on the market. Starting at $11 a month, the most affordable carry insurance on the market according to Pew Pew Tactical and me and the Liberty Lighthouse. Go to protectwithbear.com, use code lighthouse. That was, um, Kind of poignant. I didn't decide. I just looked at the list and clicked one. And, one, and as soon as I clicked it and right to bear popped up on the screen, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of timely. <laughs> given what just went on in Maine. Yes. Well, you actually, we had, 
I'm we've sorry. had stuff here too. No, we've had we've had the same thing. Uh, and again, I'm I'm. It's weird because I live in a very rural area, and in less than a month, we've had two active shooters within not so many miles from our house, um, where they have been. Uh, the police showed up for with uh, arrest warrants, and the suspect decided to open fire. And so there's definitely been, you know, like you say, yeah, a lot, a lot going on. Debbie Dreadway over in the YouTube chat room. Yes, we need to be praying. We need morality back is what we need. It isn't, mm -hmm. the, it's the morality of the people. I mean, no, yeah. you, you have to be mentally ill to think that going into a school or a bowling alley or a bar or a restaurant and just indiscriminately shooting people is in any way helpful. So it's definitely mental illness. It is. And to your point, Peter, too, I, I love it when you say you're not religious because I'm not either. And I, <laughs> I don't follow religion, you know, to quote unquote, I, I just follow God and, you know, um, source people say he's everything, you know, and I can have prayer just sitting on the bench I have up in my woods behind my house, overlooking the mountains that are out in the distance. And, I can connect with him and have this sense of uh, strength, the sense of courage when I do that. Um, I don't probably do it as much as I probably should because that is my, my church. You know, it's where I connect and have that communion with who created everything, he who created all, and um, ask and seek for guidance in every situation. And Praying doesn't mean you have to just sit there and bow your head, close your eyes. Prayer could be any kind of conversation you're having, trying to make the best decision for whatever it is in your life. So it's not like it's a devoted time to just say, oh, I'm going to sit and pray at this moment. It could be in anything, in any way. And so you probably don't even realize, Peter, you're praying more often than you know. <laughs> Mostly at the gun range. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, so you have another doctor friend who, who acknowledges this uptick in, in the amount of depression and it's, it's more than just the, the seasonal uptick in depression. So yes. we've got the economic problems of the world today. Fortunately, I'm had, was lucky enough to create my own little bubble from that for now. Um, so I'm not terribly affected by that. Again, this was part of my list of why am I depressed, you know, and, and I can't mm -hmm. figure it out. But to the average person out there, I mean, was it 66% of American adults are on pharmaceuticals? A whole lot of those are on antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. And then we have, you know, war in Ukraine. The, the war in Israel, the economic disaster that we've got going on now where a loaf of bread has gone up almost 100% in the last three years. I just bought a loaf of bread the other day from this, to be honest, I like the, the cheap honey wheat bread from Walmart. And it used to be 86 cents a loaf. Mm -hmm. And now it's like $1.36. That's pretty big jump 
a lot of people are going to feel that. We've got yeah. defaults on credit cards going through the roof. Repossessions on cars are going through the roof. All of these terrible economic indicators. That still doesn't really explain the the difference in this wave of depression that we have going on. You had one, I don't know how to say this politely. <laughs> you had one question that I know a lot of people on Republic Broadcasting Network and maybe some of them on Mojo Five O Radio will, will even raise an eyebrow too. And that was the idea of CERN. And yes. whatever it is that they're doing over there. I certainly did. Again, I, I'm a conspiracy analyst. I'm not theorizing. I'm analyzing things that are factual that they've presented. And if any of your viewers and listeners have paid attention, there have been some funky, out of sort things that take place over there. And if, if I'm correct, they're trying to create the God particle. And that's not some sci-fi movie. They've actually said that's what they're trying to create. And then they have these ceremonies at the entrance and they're not normal. Like it's like they've got some weird funkiness that's not very, uh, very dark actually. And so, yeah, I've questioned that because I know, and I don't know if, if you've even come across this, we didn't talk about this the other day, but my sister is always messaging me these Mandela effects. <laughs> Have you heard of those, Peter? Yeah. I mean, those effects are kind of fun. Yeah. it's. She's always sending me something. She's like, hey, what did you, how did you see this? Or did you remember that? And we go back and forth. And so we've had conversations of like, where is that coming from? And she goes, well, it's CERN. They're making people jump into different timelines. And it's like my head blows. I'm like, wait, what, where are we? And how, how does that even happen? And how is it my memory of something is different from others when I can see it in my head and I, I saw it. So it's not like I'm making it up. And so, you know, it, it caused me to pause and say, what is going on? You know, are they trying to, are they, have they turned on another, whatever their things are, you know, to make that God particle, are they doing something there again? Um, and then it's causing this uh, effect on people like us. Is it a frequency that they're testing on certain people with certain genetics? I mean, it has me questioning. And the people that my colleague knows, these are people that live down south. Um, and they're not, they're in good weather all the time. You know, they're actually getting a nice warm spell down there. They're not even going cold. They got plenty of sunshine. And they're in the medical profession and they have strong faith and they're aware, very aware that they're feeling these the sense of things that they're feeling. So they're aware of it too. They're like, oh my gosh, this is not my normal. Why am I like this? So it's not like it's just like, oh, woe is me. They're actually acknowledging like some things I'm not feeling like myself and they don't like it. They're aware of it. And normally, like I said, for me, I can usually bounce myself back out of it. And I think I did mention this to you the other day. My colleague told me that she was talking to a woman who studies frequencies and I had, she said, what do you think is the highest frequency? I said, I thought love. I would think love would be the, the thing that gives out the highest frequency. When you give love, it raises everybody around you. It's all good. She says, actually, it's authenticity. So it's kind of funny that what we're feeling through this anxiety and depression and not ourselves, 
we're being removed from our authentic self because that's what those people that she spoke to said, I don't feel like me. And I said, that's funny because I've said the same thing. I'm like, man, I don't feel like myself, but I'm pushing through it. I'm making myself do things because I don't like that state I'm in. And is it something that's happening to me? Is it not me and myself? You know, um, so I don't know, just posing. I'd love to hear some of your audience, you know, definitely chime in on this because I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm just posing questions and trying to see if there's any validity to what I'm, you know, trying to piece together here. Well, you heard the doctor. She's posing questions to you, the beloved listeners. So uh, it's almost break time. So call in during the commercial break. We'll get you on air afterwards. 512-248-8252. What could possibly be causing this increase of depression that just feels different for the people suffering from it? Attention, freedom-loving patriots. Are you ready to dive deep into the principles that founded our great nation? Join me, Peter Serafine, and the Institute on the Constitution as we light the way to a brighter future with the Liberty Lighthouse Classroom. At liberty-lighthouse.com slash classroom, you'll find a treasure trove of online courses on the U.S. Constitution, carefully crafted to empower you with knowledge to defend your rights and liberty, whether you're a student, a history enthusiast, or just a concerned citizen. These courses are for you. Gain a comprehensive understanding of our Constitution's principles, the wisdom of our Founding Fathers, and how to apply them in today's world. As a special offer to our freedom-loving listeners of Republic Broadcasting Network, use coupon code RBN at checkout and get 20% discount on any course. Join the Liberty Lighthouse Classroom and be a part of the movement to uphold the values that have made our nation exceptional. Unleash the power of knowledge and protect what truly matters, our Constitution. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com slash classroom today. Don't miss this incredible opportunity. Use code RBN for 20% off. Together, we'll be the beacon of freedom our founding generation envisioned. Liberty Lighthouse Classroom. Illuminating minds, empowering patriots. Hey, welcome back. I'm Peter Serafine. Please remember to support this free speech platform, whatever platform you're watching or listening from. Support them. Buy their merchandise. Use their promo codes. Promo codes. Share their content. Tell your friends, your family, your loved ones where you're watching or listening to this show and any other show on any of these networks that you like. They all need your help. We don't get the help of the uh, the algorithms. We've got to build everything ourselves. So we're speaking with Dr. Jen Vandewater, the people's pharmacist. And so we don't get cut off again. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody how they can find you and what they can do to help you and how you can help them. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I call myself the people's pharmacist because I answer to the people and not to big pharma. So I was aware through my years of practicing pharmacy of the agenda and I didn't like it. So actually I am set apart. I have a ministry called The People's Pharmacist and you can find that at thepeoplespharmacist.com where if you need a consult with me with regards to mind-body-spirit alignment, questions on your pharmaceuticals, questions on nutraceuticals, um, you can definitely reach out to me. 
And also, I have a lot of social media channels. So I post on Twitter now, Instagram, uh, Telegram, and they all are different names. So it's going to be fun. So Twitter is at Dr. J. Vandewater. Um, Instagram is Dr. Jen, the people's pharmacist. And Telegram is at Dr. Vandewater. So those are my channels. You can follow me. Um, each one has a different touch of me because Twitter, you can be a little more controversial. So I get a little more edgy. Telegram is more my sweet spot where I can kind of just be the real me and just be more soft and not so controversial and just share about my chickens and my dog and my hiking and um, some health tips. And Instagram is a little mix of both. So <laughs> have fun checking them all out. And, um, you know, I appreciate the support. Well, the only one of those that I follow is Twitter because I... I gave up on Telegram. I tried it. I couldn't make a go of it. It was frustrating and confusing to me. So I gave up on Telegram. And Instagram kicked me off a long time ago, so I had never went back. Mm. Um, did you happen to see the New York Times article? I can't remember if it was today or yesterday. It was on like page 14 or something like that, where the New York Times was talking about a study of COVID vaccines in minors. Wow. The New York Times pointed out in this study that I, I'm probably going to get the ages wrong, but let's say six to 18 or something like that, that, or maybe it was 12 to 18, whatever. Anyway, the older kids were, uh, well, they're having strange heart problems, or at least some of the people. Oh, surprise. <laughs> and then the younger ones, the like infant size children, they're having seizures and convulsions, or at least some of the people that are getting the vaccines are having seizures and convulsions. Now, I remember, I don't know, two years ago, if anybody had said those things, they would have been mocked and canceled and deleted and kicked off of their platforms. Yeah. But now it's in the New York Times. And you know darn well the New York Times isn't publishing that stuff because they're proud of it. If they were proud of it, they would have put it on the first page. But no, they put it on page like 14 or 17 or something like that. This is one of those, oh, I guess we have to report on this now moments. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder, too, are they throwing, like, Pfizer under the bus and, like, trying to... No, no, because they... No, it wasn't... Oh, they, okay, that's good. They talked about Pfizer. They talked about Pfizer specifically, but they also mentioned uh, Moderna in, in their little their article. I, of course, I didn't go research and actually pull up the study itself to see what was done, but all these studies are starting to come out to say that, hey untested vaccines sometimes have side effects oh. <laughs> who knew right right <laughs> yeah and i think it's a covering too like as you know as things start to come to light and people are questioning and people are seeing things happen to their children and um providers out there that are mainstream are not addressing these issues that are happening in the the young and saying it's vaccine related. They're just like, oh, this was gonna happen anyway. Look, no, that's not, there's something that triggers an event. And I've said this before, and it's so true. Our bodies 
actually drive to wellness. Our bodies maintain a homeostasis and a balance on their own. You start adding things to your body, it throws off that balance and you start to have these conditions. You start to have issues. You start to have side effects, you know, of the pharmaceuticals, of injections, of food you put in your body. You have to really protect your temple. There's a, there's a reason. And so that's what is starting to happen. And I believe these articles and stuff coming out is just to cover themselves. Well, actually we did, we did say it. We did put that. Um, so maybe, maybe that's, that's what they're doing. Or is it also for future generations to say, oh, now we've got the, the future. Like they, they, they say, oh no, they did tell you guys, they did put it out there. Like, I, I wonder like, right. What are they manipulating here? Really? Is it us or is it future generations to look back and say, no, that article was there. So they did tell people. Us, you know, two years after the fact. So let's think about this for a minute. Let's let's say that uh, you know you're a parent of a college age kid, graduated high school, going off to college, going to a college that has mandated the vaccine, and you're unfortunate enough to have one of the children who is affected by this vaccine, and you your kid gets a heart condition. Who do you sue? Can't sue anyone. The pharmaceutical company was given immunity. Correct. So can you sue the school because they mandated it? Um, That would be great. (laughs) Sue the Department of Education who put the suggestion forward? Mm -hmm. Sue the CDC. They're the one that comes up with with the uh, recommended vaccine list. Who do you sue? All the above. A teenage child who is going to have a heart problem theoretically for life because the heart right. is one thing that doesn't heal itself. Right. So now you've got, a, hang on, to use an unpopular word, you have a disabled child, a disabled young adult in your family, and nobody you can sue because your tyrannical government gave a pharmaceutical company immunity and allowed them to make tens of trillions of dollars. And the pharmaceutical company loves lifelong patients because now you have to stay on pharmaceuticals to maintain, again, that homeostasis and that balance that's not been disrupted. Um, So, yeah. And I actually know many, many people through the years that I've spoken to who had uh, children that went to college. A lot of of these parents had told their children, please don't do this. The child Mm -hmm. went and did it anyway. And they're they're very unhealthy. Now they've gone to some naturopathic providers and said, Hey, can you help, you know, this? And there are some detox protocols that, you know, these kids are trying, but it's a really long, long healing journey. And a lot of these kids are at the prime of their life where they want to be having fun and they're not completely aware of things. And so they, give up and don't want to keep fighting. And it's, it's really sad what we're seeing. I think that that statement right there sums up the problem with America. We have beautiful and stop fighting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, going to the phones, we've got Sarah in Oregon on line one. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi. Hi, Please Sarah. Hi, please share this show out. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah, the cheerleader of the show, 
always reminding people to share it out because uh, that's the only way we grow. Over in the uh, chat rooms, we got eat healthy and you'll usually feel healthy. And that is very, very true. And also sue the governor who mandated the vaccine. Yes. I, yes. You know, I, I think it might have to come to that. It might have to be not only like for using my earlier example, not only are you going to have to sue the college, but you're going to have to like sue the, the, uh, the president of the college individually mm -hmm. in order for anything to change. But Just like they make examples out of us, right? Just like they try to do to us. We need to turn it around and do that to them. The finding the, the attorney, this is the thing, finding someone who will take on that task is, is where the challenge lies because a lot of these attorneys do not want to go up against, especially when it's related to vaccine injury because of the immunity and becoming a target, starting the ball rolling. If we get the ball to start rolling, other people can jump on and, you know, make an example and, and maybe remove some of these, you know, terrible governors and states that are trying to break apart, you know, what our country is supposed to be. Well, I mean, the effectiveness and for those of you listening on the radio, I'm using the uh, the fingery air quote things as I say that the effectiveness of the vaccine. You know, it was well, it's it's 98 effective, and, and you know you should be fine. It's 90 effective, and there's nothing wrong with a vaccine that's 80 effective. And, and you know, and then it gets down to where it's you know 30 effective to whatever variant and this and that. Everything that they have told us about the so-called vaccine has turned out to be wrong whether it was a bold-faced lie or whether they were just wrong well that's up for debate maybe they really thought that this was the end-all be-all and it was going to fix everything and it was perfectly safe and in which case they're morons because the fda recalls the uh or revokes the the uh, the authorization of about half of the medicines that they they allow on the market within the first five or 10 years. So for them to run out and say, everybody needs to take this jab. No, I don't want to take anything. I don't like taking anything more than aspirin because an aspirin I know has been, you know, it's made from tree bark and it's been around for hundreds of years. Right. So that's so true. Yeah, no. And, it's, I believe this wasn't just starting with COVID. Um, being in the, you know, pharmacy and seeing what I saw, I never was someone that took a flu shot, but I watched other people. And it's funny how when they took the flu shot, they got sick. Uh -huh. So I always was like, well, why am I going to take it? You took it three years in a row and you got sick every time. So guess what? I'm not taking this. Like I just was kind of calling it as it was. And so was there something they were piloting before COVID and trying on other injections Ooh. and seeing how it happened? These are just, again, I like to pose questions because I, I see things with my eyes and it makes me question something else is going on here. Are you postulating that maybe the United States federal government may have theoretically been running an unauthorized medical experiment on the whole of the population of the United States? I find that hard to believe. It's not like they've ever done anything like that before. 
Oh no, Tuskegee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The, the syphilis experiments. Yeah, that was yeah. 600 black men that they just let die even though they had a cure. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. The Operation Sea Spray and the San Francisco biological experiments where they exposed three quarters of a million people to, you know, random bacteria yeah, without mm. anybody knowing. No, no. Our, our government, exactly. they learned their lesson in the 1950s. They and they now know. look out for us. That's right. And our well-being. <laughs> no. That's right. You can trust yep. Dr. Anthony Fauci and everybody in the federal government to always be looking out for what your well-being. Mm-hmm. And if yep. you believe that, I have a book coming out soon called Trust Shattered. And uh, we're going to chronicle all of those things and more. All the reasons why you should never believe your government for mm -hmm. anything. Uh, going back to the chat room over in YouTube, we got since people were forced to take the jab to keep their job, they should be able to sue their employer. I would agree with that. Correct. And then we have, uh, you know, the, the, it was an experimental vaccine. Well, that's not even up for debate. It was experimental by definition. In order mm -hmm. to have an emergency use authoriz authorization of any medication, it has to be experimental. That's the definition of an EU, uh, emer, uh, EU, EUA, emergency use authorization. We can we can change that line, and I'm sure Deb would agree with this. It was the bioweapon. That's huh? it's that's what it was. It was it was made to do what it's doing. I I, I don't believe they were just oops and said oh whoops that happened. Um, I believe that they it was it, everything that they wanted to do was intentional. And now now those of us who did not take the injection are exposed to people that have and sadly those people are shedding things onto us and we are now susceptible we can clear it out but we are people are having problems because they're hey, exposed know, to that i don't know what you're doing in your private life but nobody shed nothing onto me well <laughs> i'm i'm avoiding it too just like you but i do have i have family members suffering and they they're not injected and they're really going through a lot because they work around people that run in and get every booster every few months because they believe that it's going to help them and then i don't know i say i say i visualize it like linus from peanuts hmm. you know from charlie brown like walking around with that smog around him like that's uh -huh. what's happening and it's 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 wrong it's wrong that they done it so yeah i will i'm sure deb would agree to say that that's what it is we got uh Donald over here reminded me of another one, the, the small smallpox infected infested blankets. Mm -hmm. uh, I, that was a great example as well. Uh, Kurt, Curtis remind us that, you know, I'm from the government and I'm here to help the, you know, well, how yep. do I say that the seven scariest words in the English language or something like that. Yep. And uh, Deb, Deb, yes, she agrees that uh, we were the test monkeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's sad that we mm -hmm. have this history in this country where you can chronicle back let's, let's pretend for a moment that the human biological experiments funded by our federal government started with the Tuskegee medical or Tus Tuskegee syphilis study. Let's pretend mm -hmm. that that was the very first one. It was started in 1932. So our government has almost 100 years of experience. 
in experimenting on we the people in different ways mm -hmm. without informed consent, without no, you know, for whatever they they experimented on soldiers and sailors for for chemical weapons. They experimented on on the entire city, the population of San Francisco for for chemical weapons. They the MK Ultra project, where they yep. tried, you know mind control with pharmaceuticals and illicit drugs, and then uh, you know Project One Twelve, where they were stealing body parts for autopsy purposes without family consent. Our government has been violating the protect our life part of, of their oath since at least 1932. And keep in mind, the Nuremberg Code became the law of the land in 1948 that says you can't do these things. You have to have informed consent. The person being involved has to be aware of the risks and the rare aware of the possible upsides and downsides and all of the other you know 10 points of the of the Nuremberg code and our government ignores it constantly they get away and they continue to get away with it yeah that's the that's the worst part it wasn't like oh we got caught in 1932 or oh we got caught even with fauci in the 70s with aids i mean they continue to do harm they continue to hurt people and experiment and sadly, and pull away. They pull away at all the things that are healthy and beneficial. I mean, 3D printed meat, I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like, what? And then they're telling you, don't eat eggs, don't eat butter, don't drink milk, raw milk. You know, you're gonna have to have that pasteurized. Let's take all the good stuff out of it and give your body stuff that's not gonna help it. You know, let's, you know, tell you not to eat meat and 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 have you know um, no salt when if you realize when you sweat you're sweating out salt. salt so you have salt and you need salt to have electricity running through your body so your cells can work and everything can can do its thing so yeah every every step of the way from the smallest thing to the largest thing the government has been hurting and harming people mm -hmm. and yeah. they've been caught over and over again and the unfortunate part about it is they don't usually get caught until 20 years later. You know, the, the, like going back to the Tuskegee syphilis study started in 1932. It, they weren't caught and or exposed until 1972. That went on for 40 yeah. years, but yep. MK ultra project sunshine project 112, operation sea spray, the San Francisco biological. Most of those weren't caught until 20 years after the fact. And I heard somebody from outside the United States said, you know, a, a strange American phenomena is that every 20 years or so, the federal government releases documents that say, yep, you were right. We actually did that thing. And nothing ever changes. They actually say it. They Like, you're right. They actually say it and nothing, nothing changes. There's protections around them that are just shocking um you know uh they're going after people for spanking their kids for goodness sakes and right. the things they do are 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 criminal you know right. so right. yeah you can't spank your child but bring it over here so we can give it its 36th vaccine before it starts kindergarten yeah exactly <laughs> backwards absolutely yeah. backwards it's getting a little crazy mm -hmm. so 
you're a pharma person or let me let me rephrase that because that just you're not <laughs> a pharma person you're a pharmacological expert how's that okay because right. i don't want to associate you with the business That's thank you <laughs> what on god's green earth let's talk about the fda approval process for a minute i own peter's drug emporium and mm -hmm. i make medications and i've got this fabulous new drug that i want to put on the market and i take it to the fda and say hey i want to sell this and they well where are your studies here are all my studies and then they go stamp approved does the fda ever do any of their own studies or are they relying on the company yeah. itself to put forth the studies because i'm telling you if i've got a drug that i think can make 10 or 20 billion dollars on the open market i'm not necessarily going to be trusting that the study the company made was ethical like oh wait right. oh you you you've got a rash since you started taking my new drug well you should probably drop out of the study then that's exactly <laughs> what happens the data is is changed based on the funding based on the the drug everything is changed to make it look safe and effective now here's something people are on more than one pharmaceutical and talking with one of my colleagues the other day we had a good conversation about this there are no studies on taking pharmaceuticals Upon together yeah like but doctors are out there prescribing multiple uh -huh. pharmaceuticals together. And we don't know. And these are chemicals that are coming to the body to alter the state of the body, supposedly to give it a relief. I'm not going to say it's, it's going to be an end-all be-all because it's not because you have to come back next month for a refill and then the month after that and then go see the doctor and get an increase in dose because your body's become you know, tolerant of that dose. And it just, the, it just keeps going and going, and going. And then you got to add more meds to combat the side effects mm -hmm. and so on. So yeah, the FDA will approve things if it fits into their, their scope, what they want it to be. And I know many people who have um, come up with some many great ideas and were fighting with the FDA, but because it was too good, they just will not, they, they'll say, well, we need to know that we need this or we need that. And these people are trying. And I just look at them and think, why are you, why? They're never going to let you into their club. You are too good. You're too nice. You're trying to help people. They don't want to help you. They want to give you a Band-Aid over a gushing wound so that you keep coming back to replace that Band-Aid. You're never going to be, you're never going to be good. You're never going to be taken care of. So it's, it's the pattern. Donald in uh, YouTube says don't doesn't the physician's desk reference cover this cover pharmaceutical uh interactions i believe is what he's talking about and who funded putting that together this is everything that's been said for doctors medical doctors and pharmacists to look to for resource and guidance is all goes way back to the rockefeller institute of medicine when they came in and got rid of holistic medication and all of the stuff that was actually helping people, curing people, keeping people healthy. And Big Pharma showed up with the Rockefellers, and these are petroleum-based synthetic medications that mimic what is out there in nature, but nature can't be patented. So how do you make money? You gotta change the molecule structure just enough to patent it, 
But when you change things, the body reacts to it in a way and you end up with more problems than you do the fix. Yeah. And I mean, that's even evident in the commercials. You, you watch the TV commercial for it and there's 14 side effects for, you know, this, this drug that's supposed to treat your runny nose. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's gotten so bad. And I remember when I, and I haven't practiced pharmacy since 2020. So it's been a while since I've actually been behind the pharmacy counter. But what used to disturb me was seeing people on just handfuls of medications. And I'm like, how? And then I, you know, I look at the, the amount in my hand and I look at the individual, they did not look healthy. And I would just have this like fuzz out moment and be like, wait, in college, they told us quality of life came from this. And I'm holding these meds in my head, but I'm like, but I look at them and they didn't look like they were having quality. They looked like they were just surviving. Their color looked grayer than other people. Their eyes were not fully open and alert. Um, they, some of them couldn't even walk right. They had their head down and just barely making it through. And I'm like, but if these are supposed to lift you up and be the end all be all, why am I not seeing that in the patients? And the worst part of it was, as my years practicing as a pharmacist, I started to see it go to younger and younger and younger people and these children were now being, you know, taken over by pharmaceuticals at such a young age and high doses. I, I have no idea how they would be as an adult. Like, how do you even function? How does your body come back from that? Because you're starting it so young while your body's still developing and you're now giving it chemicals. So it was it was a hard thing to see. And I I was always trying to whisper to people's ears and tell them some truths and try to say, you don't need this. You know, let's talk this out. Let's talk to your provider. Um, because I just didn't like what I was seeing. I, I wasn't seeing healthy. I was seeing very unhealthy population. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like we said earlier in the show, 60, 66% of American adults are on medications and mm -hmm. like daily on, on daily medications. And most of them on multiple medications, it can't be good, mm -mm. but we, we have quite the chicken or the egg situation. Oh. Music this time. Music, yeah. We're getting the break. It's break time. Dr. Jen, can you stick around for at least one more? I can. Thank you very much. We'll be back on the other side of this three minute commercial break with Dr. Jen Randewater, the People's Pharmacist. We must take the miracle back. If you live stream, I want you to check out Restream. Restream is how this broadcast is being simultaneously sent to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, DLive, and Rumble. Not only that, but your guests can also pair their video platforms with your broadcast and have your broadcast on your platforms and their platforms all at the same time. 
Go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream, and I'll save you $10 off for the premium service that I know you're going to want. That's liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat America back. Welcome back to the top of the second hour of National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and anywhere else you see or hear the program. I forgot to do one of them, their sponsor ads in the last segment. So I'm just going to ask you to go support me by going to my website, liberty-lighthouse.com. Right at the top of the homepage, there's a big blue button that says, win a book. You might win my newest book, A More Tyrannical King, how the federal government became more impressive than King George, or maybe one of my other books. But click the button. I give away a book or two or five, not once a month. Liberty-lighthouse.com. Win a book link. See if you can't win a book. We're talking with Dr. Jen Vandewater, and right before the commercial break, I was going to say it's it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing. There's so many things in society in the last 60 or 80 years that are just bad for our health, and they all started at roughly the same time, The and, and that happens to be right after World War II. See, war is an innovator, and with all of the everything that went on for World War II, we realized, hey, plastic, it's insanely useful. And we started using plastic for everything. And I mean everything. And then we also realized corn, well, corn makes cheap sugar. And cheap sugar can be used as a preservative. It can be used so that your frozen TV dinner browns up right in the microwave or the oven. It can be used as a flavor enhancer because who doesn't like something sweet? And we drastically in, increase the amount of sugar in our diets. And if you go now and you look at processed meals, packaged meals, even things that you wouldn't think had sugar in them have a lot of sugar in them. And then also right about that same time, we started vaccinating everybody in every every everyone in their child mm -hmm. against everything to the point now that we give 40 vaccines to to people before they graduate high school all of these things started at the same time and all of them are very bad for us how do we fix that i have a, a solution probably i mean i really think it comes back to paying attention to our bodies, not listening to outside. We're gonna have to do a little of our own research, our own due diligence. We can't be just lining up for everything that we're told to do. 
Um, I, I believe that there's possibility and hope if we bring it back to the community level. So we become federal governments, the answer to everything, then the state governments, the answer to everything. And even for myself, being on a, a town board, we look to others for the answers. Well, why don't we look within our own community? And so it's even the same way with, you know, bartering. You know, I have a friend that brings me raw milk and she gets eggs. So there's the exchange, right? And you're you're eating healthy and you're making better choices. Um, order your, your beef and your meat from a local farmer. Go to farmer's markets for produce. There's plenty that is there. I have walked around farmer's markets and they have tons of options for places you can go. You can get a little bit of potatoes from one, some radishes from another, something. Spread it out. Um, I think we need to take back what was taken from us in those years and not listen to anything with a dot gov i mean really <laughs> just walk away i and, love that right but that's that. all bad it's all bad they're not looking out for us and you mentioned world war ii and it brought me back to operation paperclip like oh, yeah. another program too where they're bringing people back into the u.s to do things to destroy and hurt us and harm us. And I don't know what happened in the psyche of our ancestors at that time to make them believe in that because years ago it wasn't. When, when our founding fathers came here to this country, that's exactly what they were escaping. They wanted freedom. It wasn't just, you know, we were taught in school. It was just, oh, they wanted freedom of religion. It wasn't freedom of religion. They were no. coming for, they were coming from freedom from tyranny. It wasn't, it, it, <laughs> In all honesty, they talk about the pilgrims having come here for freedom of religion. They had freedom of religion. The pilgrims that came to the United States were were coming from Netherlands. And they had achieved freedom of religion 40 years before they came to America. They came to America to spread the Christian gospel to the savages of North America. Um, but you said, don't listen to anything with a dot GOV, which I find hilarious because one of my favorite things is I believe that the first amendment to the U S constitution should have stopped with Congress shall make no law period. <laughs> yeah. Period. That's it. Yeah. Yep. But yep. we've got a bunch of interesting comments going on over here in the video chat room. Very active video chat room tonight. I appreciate that for all of you. Thank you very much. Um, Deb was talking about the the hormones and and the and the uh, pesticides on store bought foods. I mean hormones mm -hmm. in the livestock and pesticides on on your produce. Um, Mary says it's bad for your health, but it's good for the uh, the uh, bottom line of the big pharma companies, and then. I had the thought of something that I think you'd appreciate is just last week. All right. I got to Got to back up, turn this into a little bit of a story. So there's this farm. It's, it's called way fruit farm. It's about a half an hour drive from me, but it is a wonderful place. It's an apple orchard, or at least it started as an apple orchard and they do the best apple cider I've ever had anywhere. But they also sell, pork from a local pig farmer, you know, local honey and all of this local, you know, local everything. I mean, anything that's made by a company 
in the county they sell it at this one place and it's great but it's a half an hour away and i really you know i drive five hours a day for my job i don't want to drive an hour back you know there and back to go buy some stuff so we don't go very often now we did find a company that delivers fresh milk appreciate that we like that just recently found a smaller version of that Wayfruit Farm, and I'm going to give it a shout out here. It's called Hilltop Farm on Jacksonville Road in Belfont, Pennsylvania. Hilltop Farm is Mennonite run. For those of you that don't know, I refer to the Mennonites as Amish light. They're not quite Amish, but they're still not part of our society. They have a deli. They butcher their own meat. They had some of the biggest, thickest, most delicious looking T-bone steaks I've ever seen just laying in a cooler, you know. Um, they had apple cider. They had fresh milk, fresh eggs, fresh baked goods. All of this stuff that's all homemade and all fresh, local, all in one place. Love it. On Fridays and Saturdays is the only days, the only two days of the week where they have fresh baked goods. So it is now on our calendar to every Friday, which is my day off of work, to drive out to Hilltop Farm and do the first round of grocery shopping before we have to go someplace else is, is to go to this, this Mennonite farm. That's amazing. And Debbie I've... says that she would drive at least once a week there too. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. And like you're right, go there before. So if there's something that you you couldn't get and then you have to get at the store, but that's how you avoid your pesticides and your hormone foods and stuff is when you go local. And we have Mennonites and we have Amish. We have both here um, as well. And their gardens are phenomenal. I mean, just absolutely driving by and seeing them. I'm just like, how do they, but they have like a hundred people that work on that farm. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why we're just two people here. So right. <laughs> it's a lot There's harder. There. Have you, I mean, You'll see little, like little, little kids out oh, pulling yeah. weeds in gardens and stuff like they have put to work, which is, which is great. And again, again, let's go back when the government got involved in child labor, there's an, if there's a difference between raising up your children to understand work ethic and, and self-sustaining, self-sufficiency, getting out there and doing things yourself. There's a pride that comes from it. The kids today, their parents do everything for them and they're spoiled because they're not learning and understanding work ethic or how to take care of themselves or what it's going to be like out there in the real world. So it's completely different um, from even when I grew up and that was not that long ago. I had yeah. chores. I had chores. I had, I had things I had to do. And if I didn't get done, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have been good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there is an exception um, in, in the child labor laws, I mean, you can have kids working in like, you know, the, the local pizza shop or whatever. The child labor laws were supposed to stop you from sending your kid off to work in a sweatshop. Correct. But just like everything the government gets involved in, it, it gets taken too far. Mm -hmm. These Amish kids, these Mennonite kids that are out there in the fields from the time they can walk are some of the best behaved, healthiest kids you're ever going to see anywhere. 
They, right? Exactly. They don't give them injections. They don't follow by the same rules we do. So that's why they're very healthy. They drink the raw milk. They eat the good food. They're out there playing in the dirt barefoot. I mean, you're going to expect to see them to be healthy um, for sure. I mean, I have the, they're actually my neighbors. I actually have Amish neighbors. The buggies go by my house all the time. They just bought land right next to me too. So they're just down the road a little bit. And then they just bought the land next to me, which I'm super excited. Can't wait till they actually move in. Cause I want to go and I want to become friends with these people. Actually, I'd be like, I love it. I'd be like, can I just join you guys? Cause you guys are amazing. Well, you know what that means? <laughs> that means whenever, if, and when you're ever willing and ready to sell your house, they'll buy it. If That's a own, good, yeah. If they own land own. on either side, they'll buy yours. Mm-hmm. It's a really good point. I'll tell my husband after the show, he's going to be happy to hear that. And, and yeah. they'll pay fair market for it too. They mm -hmm. won't undersell you. And they, anything, they, they pay they cash. And they pay cash, right? They pay cash. Yeah, it's they, they cash. do. Yeah, they're, they're great. I would love to see them get involved in a little bit um, with the town because they, there's plenty of families around here, but they don't get involved in stuff. But I'll tell yep. you, I love it because we're having some stuff go on with comprehensive plans that the state is pushing onto every town and I'm pushing back because they want to bring in the smart, it's not smart, it's surveillance and it's <laughs> monitoring. And so I don't want that here. And we are free of zoning here in my town and I want to keep it that way. Nice. Yeah, yeah, you want to keep that. Yeah. So I, so I would love for them to get involved because they are agricultural lovers and they want to keep, but they, they don't. Yeah, they don't. Mm -hmm. And they can't. And right. If they, if they start getting involved, then they're going to start getting treated like citizens. And, and they're to... sovereign. They don't even have any of the papers we do. They're sovereign. They're a sovereign entity. Yeah, I know. I'm a bit jealous, but I am learning from them. I watch and pay attention and I, I don't, I could not go like they actually have lanterns in their house. Like you can mm -hmm. see their lanterns on their wall. So they don't have electricity. They don't have, they have a well, they got them pumped. They don't have running water. I, I could not do that. I actually have become accustomed to the electricity and the, the comforts mm -hmm. of modern life. But I do love that they're free spirit and that they're connected to the earth and they're connected to themselves and they're connected to God. You know, they mm -hmm. have their, their Sunday services that they go to each different uh, house and they go mm -hmm. each Sunday. So Mm -hmm. yep, they don't have a church. They they take turns and host it in each other's houses. And yeah, yep. they are not quite as disconnected as they used to be. I mean, um, they they go to Walmart now and they do and, and buy yeah. things that they used to make for themselves. But um, they do their they do a pretty good job of staying out. And there's an interesting story I I want you to look up. Um, I I don't know all the details, but there was something tragic that happened in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I, the power was out in the whole city. I don't remember if it was a blizzard or hurricane or what, but something knocked out the power for the whole city. And of course, if you lose power in an entire city, you lose running water. Mm -hmm. The Amish of Lancaster saved, well, basically saved the hospital. They were pumping water and taking it to the hospital. And, and yeah. It was just, a, it's an, it's a heartwarming story. You, you should look it up. I, I don't just Lancaster Amish providing water for a hospital. I don't remember when it was. I don't remember anything about it. I just remember it was, it wow. was, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, Donald over in the chat room says, can't they use solar or wind? They do not, they do not use electricity at all. At they all. will use a wind powered well, for example, you'll see a windmill that pumps a well and they'll get that close to, to running water. Um, 
they will also, there's something about gasoline engines too. They'll use like single stroke engines, but not four stroke engines or something. Cause I've seen them using a hay baler. That's the old fashioned ka-thunk, ka-thunk, ka-thunk engines, but yeah. you'll never, you don't see them with a, you know, big tractor. They, they, and they do use a gas um, sawmill. So they, they do use, they, they, they cut lumber and they use a, a sawmill that's gas powered. Or diesel. Sorry, my husband yelled from the room. Diesel. Sorry, diesel. I'll get it right. Get it right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but they they do. So they have some some equipment, but everything else they do, they're walking behind the horses and they don't even they, ride bicycles. They have they, um, right. They have, they have like big wheel scooters that they yeah, and like little wagons. Is that? I mean, it's really it is nice, and I. I, I don't know. I think it, there's something about it that you just, I don't know. We've lost connection with that. And that's what the solution is to everything you're saying when it regard to pharmaceuticals, regarding the corn and the sugar and everything that's happened. We need to go back. We need to go back and not really start over, but just pay attention. I mean, I have never become someone that reads labels so much. And my husband does the shopping and he'll come home with stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to eat that. Sometimes I do. And Actually, I won a basket at a uh, Republican community dinner last weekend, and they had a bag of turtle candies in there. And I was so excited, and I was eating the whole bag. When the bag was gone, I decided to read the label. I could not believe. <laughs> well, I, I was like, you know what? My husband's like, I'll buy you some if you really like them. I said, yeah. And then after I read the label, I looked and I said, don't buy these. I said, it says made with bioengineered something or other. And I was like, oh, oh, I can't, I ate the whole bag. So yeah. So I start to read labels and pay attention to what I'm putting in my body because that's how you're going to get healthy again. Mm -hmm. hmm. All right. Well, I forgot how we got there. So, so, so off track with the Amish, but to bring it back to the whole pharmaceutical thing, you know, I don't remember hearing about horrible COVID outbreaks in any of the Amish communities. No, they don't have televisions to tell them that COVID's there. <laughs> that is exactly right. Yep. Yep. They probably have all the natural treatments. They probably harvest and make oil of oregano. They probably have uh, everything they need right there. So when someone's not feeling well, they just naturally take it they probably live on honey honey is very good garlic i mean they probably have everything on hand that they need to protect themselves if they feel ill and then they see us and they just laugh they must laugh they must find us they quite must. amusing you're right they've got to we english yeah um, but that, that's exactly what it was because honestly if you hadn't paid attention to to the news if you didn't hear every day covid19 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 in your ear Honestly, it would have been like, oh, it was maybe it was a bad flu year, like worst case scenario. It mm -hmm. would have been a bad flu year. And the flu went away. Right. There so was zero. COVID showed up and the flu went away. It's like, mm, yeah. something's not adding up here, people. Not <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah. Oh, we got Tom in Utah on line one. And apparently Tom is a vegetarian. Ooh. Worse than that. Oh, please don't say vegan. I am a humanitarian. Okay. You know that I'm vegan. In fact, I was involved with the conference where we chose that word to be used to identify us or designate the difference between a 
compromising vegetarian and a strict vegetarian. But anyway, the reason I called in is I was asked by the Amish people in uh, Indiana and also in Pennsylvania. They had an outbreak of RSV that was taking out infants. And they were a little unhappy with what I was telling them. You know, the RSV, if you take it, if you understand the whole organism, it's called bovine, bovine respiratory syncytial virus. So the women were very happy with me, but the men were a little bit distressed. But in fact, they are healthier people, like you pointed out, because they don't do the drugs. They live very close to nature. And one thing I want to kind of readjust you on the sugar thing. When in our design, if we're living in the garden like we were told to do, uh-huh. there's sugar in everything that you eat. In fact, it's it's part of the, the necessary component of anything that your body is supposed to have. Right. I should have said so processed you, sugar. I, I should have specified the refined processed sugar. Well, even that is not as evil as you think because the body requires the CHO uh, compounds to to even survive. So when when you're eating a food like an egg, ha- an egg has no sugar. A glass of milk has no usable sugar. A piece of flesh has no sugar. Yet sugar is the required energy source to even digest that material. So when you're eating something with no sugar at all, then your body says, "Give me the sugar." Dang it! I was going to say the other word, but. <laughs> I think it is the source because you can eat fruits yeah, and get yeah. the sugars your body needs, which is like electrolytes from the fruits uh, and some vegetables as well that you eat. You'll get some sugars from those. Well, see, even in the vegetables, it may not be the uh, fructose or sucrose or the dextrose. It'll be the starch, which is still the same stuff, just that your liver does have to crack it but it's still there with everything you eat from the garden. There is nothing that does not contain a carbohydrate or sugar, even lettuce. See, so in the wisdom of your creator, he put the, the sugar, the fuel required by your body to even digest or obtain that nutrient right in the package. But when you go into the uh, animal foods, the animal has already spent that energy and the only carbohydrate you obtain from animal food is the dense, high molecular weight fats. But it's and the so body yummy. is not. Say that again. But it's so yummy. Uh, well, you know, I hate to say this, but I say, have you ever seen a child refuse a good, a good booger? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so just because something tastes good does not necessarily mean it is good. Uh, I'm I, I will just tell you that, uh, like, I, like, like I say, the women, the mothers in the Amish families or communities, they were happy to find out why their babies were, were suffering and dying. Of course, the men were unhappy because that was their product. And, you know, I just said, well, it's it's not the people that are wrong. It's the product that's wrong. So, so it what is was a hard message. 
Say that again. What, what was the answer? What was the treatment? What did they, what did they have to do? Well, don't give your baby or a nursing mother milk from a cow that is the source of the mycoplasma. That's the viruses are a joke. They're they're the debris after the accident. They're they're not the cause of the accident. I've heard that theory. Yeah, and it's not theory; it's fact. I don't know enough I, I love anyway, so I I call both of them theories. The virus caused it, or the virus is the aftereffect. Either way, they're both theories to me because I I don't know. Yeah, Pat Pat from Texas and I have had some fun times. She worked in the labs, and of course, I spent the first thirty years of my professional life on the AMA side. And then when I hit the steel table myself in '91, I had say reviewed my own science and realized that I was out of step, and I did a hundred and eighty degree turn. And when you do that, your fellowship doesn't like you anymore. No. I was, just, I was only, I was on that Thanks for your call, Tom. It's commercial Thank break. You, Tom. Go. Be back in three minutes. I've been sleeping on a my pillow pillow for years, and a couple of years ago, I tried the my pillow towels, soft and absorbent, wonderful bath towels. Recently, I got the my Giza dream sheets, and they are by far the best quality bed sheets I've ever owned. And well, the quilt is pretty awesome too. New products being added all the time at mypillow.com, including sandals and slides and pajamas and well, everything that you need for sleeping. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com to save yourself up to 66% off. That's the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com. Oh, Mike, you make me laugh. Thank you very much. Welcome back to the final segment of tonight's show. We're talking with Dr. Jen Vandewater. And during the commercial break there, we were just discussing, uh, we went back to the Amish. And how the Amish, well, they they weren't told to be afraid of COVID because they don't have televisions. And, well, they're not told to be afraid of the seasonal flu or anything else because, again, they don't have televisions. They aren't being programmed by the programming. Hey, I'm sorry to say, but we've got some technical difficulties during the live broadcast, and uh, we lost internet connection and things like that. So, next couple of seconds are going to be rough. That that that's not me. That's not me. Oh. Okay, I was wondering. Uh oh. Well, we lost Peter. We're back. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I don't know. You you froze. Yeah, and you're still frozen. Oh, no. I'm not sure if Mike can hear me or not, but oh, there he goes. I don't know what happened. I, you're, I looked down. You're my, you're... I, I looked down at my uh, my little internet connection, and it 
it was flashing and then it wasn't. So I, I just completely lost internet. It happens. Um, Not to the Amish, just yeah. to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely right. So we were talking, the Amish, you know, they don't have televisions, so they're not told what to be afraid of and what opinions to have and all of that by, by you know, the powers that be. They're not programmed by the mainstream media. But they, they have books. And books that require them to, you know, sit down and read. And they read stories to their families. And, well, anyway, during the break, I reached up and I grabbed this this antique book that I have. That's one of the uh, Washington Irving's collective works. It's a, it's a part of a bigger collection that I have. It was printed in the oh, 1860s or something like that. And, and it was really expensive back then. A, a collection of books like that was somebody's entire entertainment library. And un unless you were wealthy, you really only had like one set of books. And now we have every bit of information we could possibly want handed to us on a screen that's in our pocket. And we're afraid of a virus that may or may not really be a virus. And it looks oh, apparently we're not broadcasting on RBN anymore because he just left. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, technical difficulties all yeah. around tonight. So we'll see. Maybe he'll reconnect. Maybe he'll say, eh, I'm just going to take the next half hour. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, something happened. <laughs> yeah, he's back. I don't know. So I had internet problems, and then he had internet problems, and, and apparently because I had internet problems, your your picture is frozen, and I keep trying to turn you off and turn you back on and think maybe that might get and, you moving again, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Oh, hey, I think, he said his fault. <laughs> oh, that wasn't his fault. It's never Mike's fault. Mike is the best producer I could ever ask for. It is always my fault, and I will always take the blame. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so television, social media, entertainment, technology. It's it's the mind virus that's killing everything. It is. And you know what's happening too is everyone is looking to others for a source. Like I understand I have my training and my area of expertise, but the number one thing I want to do for people is to empower them to critically think and make choices for themselves because we've lost that skill. Now, I don't know. It must be something I'm getting from up above because I don't know where it comes from in me, but I do not want to have someone say, well, what do you say, Dr. J? I want to do what you say. No, I want people to make their own choices and understand their own bodies, know their health, and then make the best decision for them and their families. And that's what's really important. We've lost that in every aspect of our society, whether it's in the school system for, for public education, because now the teacher knows everything. The teacher knows how to raise your child and teach your child. And you now no longer have any parental rights as a parent. It's going to be whatever the teacher says goes. It's even happened in our churches. It's happened in politics and it's happening in health. And so what a good leader actually embodies is to be a guide. You're supposed to help guide someone 
to sources, to information, to research, so they can then look through it themselves, become educated, knowledge is power, and then from there make their make the decisions that are best for them. But what the dark entities, those secret societies figured out so long ago when they sat there scheming about the corn, the corn, sugar, and the pharmaceuticals was that we're going to tell them what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And that's what we as want to say being sovereign, being free, like the Amish, is they don't abide by that. And they don't abide by any of the town rules. They do pay a very small tax. They don't abide by anything. Their kids don't have to go to public school. They don't have, they have freedom because they've never surrendered over to believing and thinking as the bigs have kind of told them to do it. So that's really, I, I feel that's number one. People need to be empowered in themselves, take ownership. Don't worry about what's going on. Talk to God, get your, get your information downloaded to you and walk in that boldly and you know you can you can have a much better life than listening to all the uh, oops sorry all the outside sources that are out there i agree you know the the best leaders do and it's it's not to sit there and tell you what to do what we have now in our government is a bunch of people that tell us well you're going to do this and you're going to do this and you're going to do this even though they don't do it themselves correct you know I got more, you know, I, I used to be a restaurant manager for quite a long time. I was a restaurant manager. I got the most respect from my staff when they would see me take off my suit jacket and roll up my sleeves and start climbing inside the broken dishwasher to fix it. Yep. As, as a manager or a leader or whatever, you, you, you have to do something. You can't just tell other people what to do. And that's what's happened to our government is our government. They're all full-time employees. Now they're not amongst us. They're not part of our community. They're not farmers and business owners and, you know, retailers or whatever. They don't go back home to their districts to stay connected to the people of their neighborhood. No, they all have private jets. Yeah. They, they all get rich off of their connections and, and, ignore us we the people that they're supposed to represent because now it's just a job right it's not a it's not a representative democracy anymore it's not a republic anymore it's a ruling class and we the people we need to get back to the limited government limited to the 17 things listed in article 1 section 8 of the constitution and that's it and healthcare isn't one of them. Education isn't one of them. Yep. But, but you, the Amish are such a great example. They're some of the healthiest people you're ever, I, I don't think I've ever seen an overweight Amish person. No, someone did put a comment um, talking about they hadn't seen, it was Deb. She hadn't seen. Um, obese people when she was little, a kid in the seventies, it's true. We've changed in shape. Like, like really we're not no longer a, a population of, you know, uh, human stature. We've, we've changed. So right. mm -hmm. I mean, it used, it used to be that you rarely saw an overweight child. Yeah. Cause kids were out running and playing and everything. 
now most kids are obese. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm six foot two, 220 ish pounds. By, by the, you know, BMI charts and everything at the doctor's office, I'm obese. I don't look obese. I don't think so. I got, I got a little bit of a belly. I'm 50 years old. Of course I have a little bit of a belly. Uh, Deb, I nailed it. What I nail? What what Deb say over here? You nailed it, Peter. They have a cush job that we the people are paying for. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we got to get back to the Constitution too, because they are taxing everything. Everything is taxed and double tax and triple tax, and so that's where they're getting all their money from. And then we the people are here going, well, what the heck? And then again, like makes you question with the Amish, they're not, everything they sell and do, it's all their own. They don't have to pay into the government for anything. They don't, I don't, again, I don't believe they even pay school tax. They pay a small ag tax to the town and that's all they pay. They get to keep everything that they sell is theirs. For us as a U.S. citizen, we've got to pay. Right. We got to pay. I've, I've talked about that on the show many times. Like if you add up all the taxes that we pay, and I consider any any money that goes to the government a tax, correct? Whether it's a registration fee yep. or a licensing fee or a whatever, if it goes to the government, it's it's tax. I tried to figure it out once, and when I was writing my first book, and I for a month I I took paid attention to every penny I spent, and this part of it you just can't figure it out. I got over fifth over forty percent of my income then I could calculate, I could track myself. But then you got to the umpteen layers of corporate income tax that's that's layered into everything that you buy. And there's no way of calculating that. So I, I figure 50% of your income, at least 50% of your income is going to the federal government and they're spending that and they're sending it overseas and then they're spending 50% more. Yeah. For the last couple of years, you know, the government brings in $4 trillion and spends six. That's a 50% overage. That means when, whenever these guys get to, get there and they start talking budgeting and they're like, oh, well, we're going to cut spending by 3%. Three, no, 30. You need to cut it by a third at least just to get to a break-even point. And with interest rates going up, what we, what, what our federal government is paying on interest on our debt now exceeds what we spend on military spending with the, with the interest rates being up around 8%. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of goes back to like, if you have a child and they didn't earn the money, you just gave them money, they're going to disrespect. It's the same with our government. Mm-hmm. They, they don't value us. They don't care. They're just going to keep cracking the whip and telling us to get back out there and make more so they can take more and still not have it, have it accurate. So it's, yeah. And I agree with you. Every, everything you pay to the government is a tax. If you are registering, which again, we don't even have to do that. We are not doing commerce in our cars. We're traveling. You don't have to legally, but 
how do you defend that when you don't know the right language? But I know that there's truth to it. So, you know, they're having you pick. Yeah. But even that, you and I know because we have common sense and we can read the, you know, the interstate commerce clause of the Constitution mm-hmm. and understand we know what commerce means and we know what interstate means, which means a product being sold across state lines. To 99% of the population, inter- interstate commerce means products, goods, or services being sold across state lines. But to our federal government and, and to our Supreme Court, interstate commerce means any activity or inactivity that affects goods or services that might cross state lines. And that goes back to Willard V. Filburn in 1942, I think, when Filburn was told he was being a bad boy and had broken the the uh, Agriculture Adjustment Act by growing too much wheat, even though he wasn't selling it. He was buying, he was, he was growing it and keeping it for himself. Wow. But because he grew it and kept it for himself, he didn't buy as much as he should have according to the government and therefore he was affecting the interstate market now how much of a leap is it for that court case of 1942 that still has never been overturned to somebody in the government saying you know what you're not allowed to have a garden anymore right nobody in the united states is allowed to have a vegetable garden because well the the industrial farmers aren't making enough money and you have to go to the grocery store and you have to buy produce that came across state lines because we're not getting enough taxes or whatever their excuse. They don't even, they don't need, even one. need one. Yeah. They are trying it. I believe up in Maine, I believe Maine, they were saying no more gardens. I remember being there a couple of years ago at an event and they, the people of Maine were talking about that. And I was like, wait, no gardens. And they said, yeah, they, you and neighbors were reporting people for growing gardens. I was like, Wow. So if we if we don't, as a people, as a nation, start to pay attention, you know, show up at your town board meetings, show up at your planning board meetings, make sure you know what's going on in your town, whether you're and I know we talked about whether you're in an area that's more blue or you're in more red. It's important to show up because at those meetings, things get discussed and then you can know what's going on and then your voice can be heard. And you don't know because someone like me sits there. I'm outnumbered right now. I am starting to make allies, but I came into this very aware and the people around me were asleep. They were thinking it goes federal, state, and then local. And I'm like, "Eh, it goes local. Local has the power and then the rest fall. And they're just starting to kind of realize that now and it's been two years. So it's really important though for someone like me, you might have someone in your town, go and support them. Let them know you're there for them because it's, it's a lonely spot to be when you're the only voice trying to make make a difference and you need the support from your from the people of your town to show up and be there so that's really where it's going to come because once the local people realize it is the local and you can push out the county and you can push out the state and push out the feds that's what that's what needs to be done i have my town supervisor really close to being convinced of making us a constitutional town i'm working on him still i know i'm super excited he's very aware so I am really working on him and he's going to start talking to some people because he's heard of it happening. 
I know there was a town in Maine that did it. And there's a county in New York, out in Western New York, probably on the Pennsylvania border. They became a constitutional county. So trying, working to get it done. Referring to constitutional carry. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be great. (laughs) Yeah. So we're, 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 I'm working on it, you know, but we need people to uh, to get up and get out there. Hmm. You need to you need to get them to think about um, uh, what, what was it the the Kentucky resolution the Virginia resolution and the Kentucky resolution I think after uh, the Alien and Sedition Acts, um, uh, seventeen eighty nine Alien and Sedition Acts passed. I think it was the Virginia resolution and the Kentucky resolution. I know Vir- I know Kentucky was one of them, but I'm not one hundred percent sure about Virginia. Okay. Two states said, you know what? that's unconstitutional. We're not going to enforce that here. And we're not going to let you enforce it here either. Nice. And you, you need to, that, that was like the, the very first case well-documented of states standing up and saying, you know, no, no, we're the, we're the ones in control, not you, the federals. And, um, yeah, get them to, to look into that. Um, Alien and Sedition Acts, John Adams, 1789, and then the uh, the states that stood against him. That should give him some, oh, I can do I can it, do it. Kind yeah. Of courage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've been working on it for two years, very uh, strategic to get him to see a little bit and not be so pushy, because I can kind of come in as a firecracker. So I try to really, no. I know, I know. So I tried, I tried really hard to hold my tongue and become friends and make them realize I'm an ally. I'm not here to disrupt them. I'm actually trying to make things better. So that's really what people can do is, you know, get in and get, get, get out there and talk to your people in your town and find ways to support each other in a community and push out these bigs. We got to, we got to do it. And it's, it's going to happen through us. It's not going to be someone coming in and rescuing us. It's going to be us doing it for ourselves. <laughs> government is like somebody who misspends on a credit card. Um, uh, the, the town right next door to me, uh, apparently nobody goes to their council meetings or board borough meetings. Yeah, it's a borough. Um, all of a sudden, they had this beautiful tree-lined street that that's like the main street heading into town. And it was trees on both sides of the street. And it was beautiful. And then all of a sudden, the borough just started cutting them all down. And in in like three days, they're all gone. Well, they had a borough meeting just a day or two ago. And apparently it it almost came to like fistfights. Wow. While while it was in the process. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm pretty sure they had a meeting about that. Like they had to have. Mm -hmm. They couldn't have just said, man, let's cut all the trees down. You know, it's not like the the public works guy just got a burr up his butt and did it himself. There, you know, there was a meeting, but because nobody goes to those meetings, you don't see it. You don't know about it. Yeah, that's usually how it happens. It's after it's done, and then everybody we we have people say that people go to the local like coffee, you know, shop downtown, and when they go get their coffee, and they sit there and complain about it, but then nobody was at the meeting to say anything to guide the representatives to make the decision. If the if they know that the town, the borough, anywhere, the village wants something, they're going to have to act accordingly because they don't want people mad. You want to have people happy. Right. And so same thing, we had some of the same stuff. It wasn't trees cut down, but it was a campground that came in on the river. And 
oh, we had everybody show up all mad at us. We had, actually it wasn't the town board, it was a planning board. Boy, they came into us and ripped us to shreds. And we're like, we had nothing to do with it. It wasn't us. So <laughs> it got they 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 got approved for the campground. So but you're right, they should right, show just, up afterwards. Well, I, I've got a little project going on in my own little borough here, and I'm gonna ask you since you are a council person, like, am I doing this the right way? So I've started a petition to have an off-leash dog park created in my little town. And I did a change.org petition and I got over 500 signatures and I gathered signatures in person around town. And I put up a website, I put up a Facebook page and all these things. It's all belfontdogpark.com, you know, Facebook slash belfontdogpark, whatever. I emailed all of the members of my borough council the borough manager and the assistant borough manager on say Monday um, requesting to be added to the following Monday's agenda to present this petition. Now I happen to know that certain members of council, they have an agenda meeting on Thursday. So I, I sent my communication early enough that they would all have it before their Thursday agenda meeting on Wednesday, the day before, for the agenda meeting, I got an e email from the borough manager saying, yeah, you're not going to be on the agenda, but we'll add this as communications received and we'll hopefully be able to schedule it in the future, blah, 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 blah. Um, so me knowing that their agenda meeting is on Thursday and receiving that email on Wednesday, I got a wild hair at my butt. Mm -hmm. So I showed up and during public comments, presented my petition anyway and handed it to him and and uh well it got covered in the newspapers oh so, so thus far am i doing it right yes well we we don't have as much we don't have a lot of meetings like we have once a month meeting and then when it gets to this time of year we have a few extra for the town budget meeting but for the most part we just meet once a month but it's the same thing you reach out to the town clerk and say i want to get on the you know be on the agenda so you can get on the agenda or like you say if you miss the agenda you can just show up for public comments and then when the public's there you can say what you want to do and we have reporters our little town newspaper sends their reporter and it's the local town newspaper and she's there she'll take notes and it will get printed as well in the paper so it's it's exactly yep doing it right they should have put you on the agenda you just gave them plenty of notice we have no problem some people come in the day before and they get put on the agenda but i don't know we're very rural we have like 1600 parcels so we are not there's not a lot going on we don't have big business we have a few restaurants we have an auction barn for for beef and you know, a few food trucks that sit there at the auction barn and we really don't have a lot. We're very, very rural. So it can, we can fit things in pretty good, but yeah, you did it right. And that's great. Public comment. Yep. Show up anyway. Didn't say, Oh, I'm not going to go because I didn't get on the agenda. You did the right thing. You did what you're supposed to do. Show well, up. My plan is they, they, they have two meetings a month. Uh, my plan is to show up and, and if I'm not on the agenda, then I will show up and I will give updates every public yep every public comment you still say your piece yep i'll tell them i'll tell them how many more signatures i've gathered i'll tell them what organizations are supporting the movement i'll start telling them you know hey it's odd that you have yet to put me on the agenda when i've got over 600 signatures now mm -hmm. or whatever and what's the it's it's a 
a dog park where they're not on a leash. I'm sure you're going to have it fenced in so that the dogs can run free and not get yeah. hit. It's, it's so, basically I'm all, all I'm asking yeah. for. We've got, we've got 40, 43 acres in one park. We've got two acres of another park. We've got another big park. I don't know how, how big it is. I want, ideally, I want the two acre park mm -hmm. with, with fencing around it and, and to fence the whole thing in and divide it into three lots, which, uh, you know, whatever would take about 1400, uh, 1400 feet of fencing. Mm -hmm. I'm already raising money. So see, I've got, yeah, I've got no, I've got local nonprofits that are going to help pay for it, but none of them will say how much they're willing to help until the borough approves it. The only expense involved is installation and maintenance of fence. So it, it really, I and don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but those town or I don't know if, how, if your borough town, you know, highway guys, they could probably get that done pretty quickly. Well, and it's an existing park yeah, so the, that, they, that they already maintain. Yeah, so what's so now instead of just mowing two acres, they're going to have to get out and weed eat a little bit. Ooh. Like, that's <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Anyway, show's almost over. You got a couple of minutes. One more time, Dr. Jen Vandewater, the people's pharmacist, tell the world how you can help them and how they can help you. Sure. Well, I'm the people's pharmacist because I answer to the people and not to big pharma. I can be found at thepeoplespharmacist.com. I have a uh, private health ministry. So if you want to become a member and have a consult with me, I'm happy to do that. Um, mind, body, spirit alignment. That's so important to your overall well-being. I can be found on Twitter at Dr. J Vandewater. Instagram at Dr. Jen, the people's pharmacist and telegram is at Dr. Vandewater. Fantastic. And I, I, I didn't open up. Eh. I was going to try to give away a book, but I don't have, I'm not prepared. I can't ask you to pick a number when I don't know how high the numbers have to go because people signed up and I don't have the thing open because like I said, I'm not prepared. I'm terrible. It's the wine. Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's just I'm unprepared. It happens. I, I wasn't planning on it. I, I, I wasn't planning on doing the give a book away, but I'm like, hey, we're done talking and I still have a minute. Maybe we can give a book away. Give me just a second. That's, yeah. Oh, oh. Pick a number. Between one in 50. Oh, let's go midway. 25. Diane McCabe of Little Falls, New York. Diane McCabe of Little Falls, New York. You can get the package for me. Thank you very much. Congratulations for listening live on Republic Long Press. Stay tuned for Jeff Bennett. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for my producer. Thank you, listeners and callers. I'm proud to be partnering with Cedar Mill Fine Firearms. Cedar Mill Fine Firearms does some of the coolest firearms cases you'll find anywhere. Have you ever wanted to carry your AR-15 discreetly? How about a rifle case that looks like a guitar case until you open it up? Go to CedarMillFirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE the next time you're looking for a cleaning kit or a case to carry your firearms. That's cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. Meal delivery kits are very convenient, but man, are they expensive. 
And that's where every plate comes in. Every plate is only $4.99 a portion. If you go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash everyplate, I'll get you a great introductory offer, knocking that first box down to $1.79 a portion, and then $3.99 a portion for the next two boxes, saving you $62 just for trying EveryPlate. That's liberty-lighthouse.com slash everyplate. The next time you're looking for audio equipment, I want you to think M-A-O-N-O. That's right, Mayono.com is quality audio equipment at affordable prices. The Mayono Caster that I use for all of my broadcasting is one-third of the price of the more famous alternative on the market. Microphones, stands, cables, headphones, audio interface equipment, all at Mayono.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. That's the code LIGHTHOUSE at M-A-O-N-O.com. Twas the night before Christmas, the kids snuggled asleep in their beds when you heard a loud rumble like Santa and his sled. So you went downstairs to take a peek, get a look. You were confronted by this creep, a crook. He drew his weapon, but you fired first. And now this creep could take all your worth. Secure your family with right to bear insurance. Plans start at $10.95 a month with civil and criminal defense coverage options up to $2 million. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com slash right to bear to learn more or to sign up and start protecting what have now. Nobel Prize nominated for his COVID-19 treatment protocols. The late Dr. Zelenko created Z-Stack to help boost your immune system. And when you order Z-Stack, you're not only boosting your immune system, you're also supporting Freedom Fighters Foundation. So boost your immune system by going to zstacklife.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. Be healthier. Support the Freedom Fighters Foundation. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at zstacklife.com. <laughs> 